Welcome to First Importance, the official podcast of the preaching and teaching ministries of First Baptist Church, West Memphis, Arkansas. Our prayer is that you will be blessed and encouraged today by this message. If you have your Bibles, would you join me in Psalm chapter 100? Psalm chapter 100. Uh, Today, uh, we are taking a break from the Gospel of John to look at the subject of gratitude. Actually, over the next two weeks, we're going to use this platform of the holiday of Thanksgiving to talk about biblical gratitude. This morning, uh, as I was getting ready, I, I was talking to Sarah, and I said, Sarah, today I'm preaching on gratitude and on Thanksgiving. And she said, okay, I would be grateful Uh, Since I'm doing extended session today, I would be grateful if your sermon were just a little bit shorter than what they normally are. So I'm going to try to accommodate there. In that spirit, let's move straight to Psalm chapter 100, where the scripture says, make a joyful noise, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. No that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Would you pray with me, please? Father in heaven, I beg you today to speak through this weak preacher to your people, the power of your gospel. And as we look at this subject of gratitude and of thanksgiving, I pray that today we, your people, would be grateful. We would be mindful of all that you have done for us and that we would forever, and even in these moments, be men and women, boys and girls here today who are constantly showing our gratitude, giving you praise for all that you have done for us. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanksgiving is the entryway to praise. As we just read in Psalm chapter 100 in verse four, the scripture says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. If you want to truly experience and extend authentic praise that God has commanded us to extend toward him, that that we long to experience, you're, you're looking for something that is more than just what we do when we gather together on Sunday mornings and sing a few songs together. That is an avenue for us to praise the Lord but it is not exclusively how we praise the Lord. If you are looking for the entryway in your life to experience true praise toward the Lord, praise that is honoring toward him, the entryway to that praise is always gratitude. Gratitude. If you want to experience praise, you have to be people who are grateful. And so today we are taking a break from the Gospel of John, and we're going to look at what biblical gratitude is. This week we're looking at the word thanks, what is gratitude, what is a biblical perspective of gratitude, and next week 
We're looking at giving. Now, I know some of you are saying, all right, I'm going to be gone next week, all right? But when I say giving, your minds automatically go toward monetary, uh, us giving uh, of our finances. And while that is true, and that will be discussed next week, the premise for next week's message is this. Gratitude always expresses itself in giving. Gratitude always expresses itself in giving. It is giving of self, it is giving of praise, it is giving of everything that you have. Gratitude is always expressed in giving. Now that's next week. This week, we're looking at what is gratitude. It might surprise you to know that in the scripture, Gratitude, thanks, is mentioned 64 times in the Old Testament and 16 times in the New Testament. It's a big theme of God's people, even though it's not mentioned a lot in the Scripture, even though that is a a large amount of times that it is mentioned. Its its spirit is throughout the Old Testament and New Testament that God's people ought to be people who are grateful. And so what I want to do today is I want to define biblical gratitude through two points. I want us to define it through two points today. We're, again, we're doing a break from being in the Gospel of John, and we're going to be uh, in various places throughout the Scripture. So make sure you have your Bibles ready to turn with me to several different passages. Number one, if you're taking notes today, I want you to see that gratitude is recognizing the presence of blessings Gratitude is recognizing the presence of blessings. You know, it's sad that Christians are often the sourest people on the face of the planet. They're often the sourest, saddest, bitterest people daring you to make them smile. You know, when I became pastor at this church, uh, I've always sat down on the front row. I don't like sitting uh, up on stage I don't like sitting up on stage because I've noticed when I go back and I try to rewatch my uh, messages, I make weird facial expressions. Have you noticed that? Every time you have, take a picture of me, it always looks like I'm mid, like some major health crisis. I make, I'm, I'm very expressive and I can't help it. It's just the way that it is. It's been that way all my life. It's always gonna be that way. Uh, uh, you know, I always, I, when, when I go back and I, and I look at, I can't, and I can't stand my voice either. Like God's got a special blessing for First Baptist Church of West Memphis. What a gracious, loving people you are to put up with me for the time that you have put up with me. But I sit down here on the front row to sing because I, when we're singing the songs and truths, it is my temptation being up here to look out and say, I want to see how everyone else is experiencing this same uh, uh, emotion or how everyone else is experiencing this truth that we're singing about. And we'll be singing a song like, God is just as good. Or we'll be singing a song about how we can remember his faithfulness and that we've never been alone. And I'll be so excited. And I'm sitting there making all these weird faces that are caught forever online, right? And I'm excited and I look out and man, you should see your faces. You should see, now some of you, some of you are smiling. And listen, we all worship differently, right? 
You know, it'd be, it'd be my prayer that as we worship, I don't look behind me, uh, so it'd be my prayer that sometimes people are standing, sometimes people are sitting, sometimes people are crying, while other people are kneeling, just singing the same truth as it hits us differently uh, for the week. But one thing's for sure, that truth doesn't hit us like this. Make me smile. Make me happy. Christians are often the saddest, sourest people that there are around. It's almost as if setting aside the world to gain Jesus, we have released our grip on him and looked back longingly at all that we missed out on. Our problem, believers, the problem with the church so much today is that we have stopped recognizing God's blessings. The proud, arrogant, entitled people that we have become, we are under the assumption that every good thing that has happened in our life is something that we rightfully deserve. But my friends, you don't want what you deserve. We don't want what we deserve. We think that we deserve everything good. Uh, It's very common in the Hall household right now for they are being treated uh, better than the other child. And they'll always say, that's not fair. And I always say, you don't want fair. You think, we think that we, and we kind of laugh about it too, we think that we're deserving of things, but friends, do you know what you're actually deserving of? Do you know what I am actually deserving of? Death, hell, that's what we're deserving of. That's what we've earned for ourselves. We've not earned anything good. All have fallen short of the glory of God, and we rightly deserve the swift justice of God. But God is not lazy. He is not slack concerning his promises. The scripture teaches us that he's slow and he is patient toward us, not willing that any should perish. We deserve hell. We don't deserve anything good. We deserve separation from God. And it's only once you understand this that we're not deserving of anything that you can realize and recognize all of the blessings that are actually around you. That's why we as believers should be the most gracious, grateful people on planet earth because we recognize that we are entitled to nothing, but we have been given everything. Everything pertaining to life and godliness has been extended toward us. We've been handed all blessing, every blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The scripture tells us only uh, we as believers should be the most grateful people on the planet earth. But, you know, my daddy always used to say, if you want to think, then you need to learn to think. It's a, little, it's a little mind effort. It's a little heart effort here. We as believers have to recognize. We have to think about these blessings. The scripture commands us to recognize blessings. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 20 says, give thanks when? Always. And for everything. Now, that would have been a good time to stop Paul mid-sentence and say, Paul, uh, we need to make an edit in what you have just told us. It's very impracticable to be grateful and to give thanks always. Paul, how about 
most of the time. I take that back. Paul, life can be rough. What about some of the time? You know what, Paul? I've had a bad week. So let's take out that some of the time and let's just say, be thankful when you can. But that's not what the scripture says. The Holy Spirit guiding Paul as he wrote this letter to the Ephesians commands believers in Ephesus all the way to West Memphis, give thanks always, always, and in everything. Everything? Really, Paul? Really, Lord, everything? That's right, everything. When you realize that you've earned nothing, that you deserve the very worst that could possibly happen to you and that he has provided eternal life for you by you repenting of your sins and calling upon the name of the Lord Jesus, then you as believers should give thanks always and for everything. Job felt the same way long before these words were written. Do you remember Job? Everything was taken away from Job. All his riches that he had earned for himself. All his cattle. His children. Can you imagine? Not just one, but all of them. Killed immediately like that. Job has no idea the conversation that has happened in the courts of heaven right before this occurs. Everything has been taken from him. He's got the worst of friends that have gathered around him and are using his misery as a reason to pontificate about why bad things happen and they only happen to bad people. His health has been taken away from him. He has boils all over him. He is covered. He has nothing left And Job says, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, but blessed be his name. Job understood the truth that so many 21st century Christians, stop that, edit that, that so many 21st century American Christians don't understand. You are entitled to nothing. You have deserved everything that could come to you in the, in the lines of hell and condemnation and judgment, but God has extended grace and mercy toward us. We should give thanks always and for everything, even for those bad things that happen in our life, even for those difficult things that we don't understand. Lord, I don't understand, but along with Job, I'm going to say you give and you take away. Blessed be your name. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. Now, this isn't suggestion for you and for your family. Paul is not just saying, hey, if you wanna have a good life, this is what you ought to do, even though you're, you're going to experience a lot more joy if you practice the things that scripture tells you to practice. This is a command from the one that so many of you call Lord, Master. We are commanded to give thanks in all things. We are to recognize the blessings As we recognize them, it requires us to remember God's blessings. 
to remember God's blessings. We are commanded to to remember those things. And now this is a two-parter. Not only are we to remember, we're to not forget. Believers suffer from short-term memory loss, don't we? God does something miraculous in our life. He does something wonderful in life. It always happens with me. It's a cycle in my life. Something will happen in my life, and I'll think, okay, how am I going to get through this? My mind starts to go. I get anxious. I'll get worried. Lord, how are you going to get me through this situation? How is it possible? Then God does it, right? He is faithful. He takes care of me. And I think, Lord, I'm never going to doubt you again. And it's like 24 hours later, and something happens in my life, and I go, how am I going to get through this? How is God going to get me out of this? We're unfaithful. We suffer from a short-term memory loss. We forget too easily how God has been faithful to us in times past. My friends, I want, you to, I want you to take this statement. If the enemy can get you to question God's faithfulness in times past, you'll doubt his faithfulness today. And if you doubt his faithfulness today, you'll question his faithfulness in times to come. That's why the enemy wants to distract you That's why he wants you to forget God's faithfulness in times past. Because if you can forget his faithfulness in times past, you you will not even think about his faithfulness now and you will question his faithfulness in times to come. Psalm 103, verse in verse one, the scripture says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Believers, some of you struggle with giving thanks today, with recognizing and remembering God's blessings because you have forgotten his faithfulness in times past. Now, the scripture is filled with God's faithfulness to his people. From cover to cover, we see not their righteousness, do we? All we see is their sin and their failure. Do we see their faithfulness? Most assuredly, most of the time, we see their unfaithfulness. But from cover to cover, God is faithful to his people. You can go to his word and read it. You can look back in your life. Don't forget how God has been faithful to you. We just sang about it, but not only are we to not forget, we're to actively remember God taught the Israelites to set up reminders of God's faithfulness. In Joshua chapter four, the Israelites are going into the promised land and they're crossing the Jordan River and God commands them to do something very unique. And Joshua expresses it to God's people in chapter four and verse five, Joshua said to the Israelites, pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan and take up each of you a stone from his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it passed over the Jordan and the waters of the Jordan were cut off so these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. God said, stack up these stones that were in the middle of the Jordan River, and every time your children and their children ask about that stack of stones, you say, God has been faithful. Now, there's a rich history of that here at First Baptist Church of West Memphis. 
today after service, if you take a walk around the old sanctuary, you will notice in the sidewalk, in the concrete, you will notice several white stones several white stones that many years ago during World War II when all the odds were against this church to be able to build another sanctuary so that they could meet and could gather and worship God's name when, when all of resources seemed to be freezed uh, because they were all headed toward the efforts of the war, God made a way for First Baptist Church of West Memphis to build that sanctuary. And the pastor at that time, Brother Abington, gathered up some stones from the place that he was. He took those stones, and as they were pouring the concrete for those sidewalks around that sanctuary, he took those rocks, and he embedded them down into that sidewalk so that members of First Baptist Church of West Memphis in the years to come would see those stones, and they would remember that God had been faithful to them, that God is faithful to his people if you're struggling with gratitude today, if you're struggling with recognizing his blessings, let me suggest to you, get in his word, reflect back on your life, remember, set up reminders about God's faithfulness in your life. Secondly, I want you to see with me gratitude is not only recognizing the presence of blessings, but gratitude is recognizing the source of our blessings. Uh, in the coming days, you may hear of or you may watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade on your TV. Uh, I've never sat through an entire viewing of the parade myself Never been really interested, but bands will play in March. Floats will be decorated. Giant inflatables will line those narrow blocks of New York City. Music will be played. A celebration will take place, but few real thanks will be given. That is because the world does not recognize the source of their blessings. America... I speak specifically of our nation, but it could be said of the people of the world that there is no gratitude to God for the blessings that he has given. But this is not new to our time. Romans chapter one, beginning in verse 18, we read of how this has been the case from the beginning of time. Romans 1 and verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about it, God, is plain to them because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since cre the creation of the world in the things that have been made so they are without excuse. Understand what he's saying he looks at general creation around him and he says people are without excuse. God's power is on display to all of mankind. We are without excuse when it comes to ignoring and not serving him. Verse 21, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or listen or give thanks to him. But they, came, they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened, claiming to be wise. They became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images re resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up 
in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. What was the, what was the sin there? They saw God's power all around them in all of creation and they did not honor him or what? Give him thanks. Can you imagine such a people being so blessed, having been, give, been given the very air that we breathe, the very bodies that we, that we have, being given the health that we've been given, the land to walk on, being given the food, everything that we have around us is from him and showing zero gratitude. No gratitude, how ungrateful, how unkind. Let me ask you a question. How many times have you thanked God this week? I'm not speaking of the people of Romans chapter one right now. I'm speaking to the people at First Baptist Church of West Memphis. How many times have you thanked God this week for what he's done in your life, for the blessings that he's given you? Or how many times have you thought, man, I really have, uh, I've saved well. I've provided for myself. Look at what I've done. How many times have you thanked him this week? Gratitude is recognizing the source of our blessings. Biblical gratitude has one direction. I can be thankful for all of you, and I am thankful for each and every one of you. But biblical gratitude has one direction. Biblical gratitude understands that it is God who has given us everything, and I thank God for you. I thank God for you. James chapter one and verse 16 says, do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Every good gift gift comes from God. Everything. Psalm 50 and verse 14 says, offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows to the most high believers. We ought to be people who are grateful and thankful. And that ought to go in one direction towards God. Now, recognizing it's more than just head knowledge. Gratitude may begin here, but gratitude, biblical gratitude, always begins here intellectually. We acknowledge the blessings that God has given us, and it grows and it grows such in our heart that the weight of it can't stand our minds anymore, and it falls down into our hearts. Gratitude always makes its way to the heart and then always springs forward out of the heart by giving. Gratitude is something that is felt as well as known. Colossians chapter three and verse 15, the scripture says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom and singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts. You can be grateful here, or you can have some acknowledgement, I should say, of God's blessings here and not be grateful, because that has to make its way to the heart. 
You see what I'm saying? To be really grateful. It expresses itself, Lord, thank you. I don't deserve anything that I have. Thank you for all of the blessings that you've poured out on me and my family and my life. Real gratitude will ultimately come out of the heart. Psalm 9 and verse 1, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. We're not only to recognize the blessings that are around us, but we are to recognize the source of those blessings. Now, <clears throat> this morning, I was uh, in my study, I was going over this sermon again today, and I thought to myself, you know, contrary to what you may have just experienced just now, I thought, well, that's a pretty good outline. And I was saying, you know what, the, this illustration here, this might work well. What, what's missing from it, Lord? What's missing from it? And uh, the Lord didn't speak to me audibly. I'll borrow, borrow a passage from uh, Adrian Rogers, I'll borrow a quote from Adrian Rogers. He was louder than that. He was louder than audibly. And in my heart, as I was thinking about how good I thought this outline may be, it was almost like the Lord said, uh, Josh, are you grateful? You know, that's uh, what my word says. My word does uh, say to recognize blessings, the presence of them. It does say to recognize the source of those blessings. But Josh, how often have you thanked me this week? And I, my heart began to break. And I began to thank the Lord for the things in my life and the people in my life. And then the Lord began to break my heart even more as I began to say, you know, Lord, above all of that, I thank you for your grace. Your grace always outpaces my sin. And Lord, I thank you for your love that your word says is steadfast and lasts from the beginning of time to the end of time. It is always there. Your love is always present. Lord, I thank you for forgiveness. If I didn't have anything else, but you have forgiven me of my sin and made me right in your eyes, then, then everything is good. Lord, I thank you for Jesus and the fact that you are approachable and that I can come before you. Even though I don't deserve to be in your presence, I'm unholy. You're holy. I, re I realized this morning as I was preparing this message for you guys, but it hadn't really poured into my heart yet. And this morning, my heart just began to break. Lord, even if I didn't have anything else, Lord, you have given us more than enough. Every believer, you've given us more than anything we deserve in Jesus. So my friends, as we look at this concept of gratitude, my prayer is that it doesn't take you a week from this message for that gratitude or that remembering to move from here to here. And then it takes you an even shorter amount of time for it to make it from here to here. Have you thanked God this week? Have you thanked him for your salvation? Have you thanked him for what he's done in your life? My friends, as believers, we ought to be the most grateful people on the planet earth. Thank you for listening to First Importance. It is our prayer that you have been blessed by this podcast. 
We welcome you to join us in person for worship at First Baptist West Memphis on Sundays at 1045 a.m., where our desire is to love God, care for one another, and share the gospel. 